0: Welcome back to the Palmyra Podcast. Uh, Ryan is out sick today. He has the coof, the, the novel coronavirus, the bat soup fever, if you will. Yeah. Um, our first repeat offender today, Derek Fuller. I'm Welcome. here. I'm here, and I'm not a Chinese agent, and I'm really happy. Ryan is a Chinese agent. We did determine that he's trying to give all of our friends COVID on purpose. Yeah.
1: Luckily, our yeah. strong American Definitely genes. Our strong American genes stopped us from getting the coof. He was implanted in the, uh, in the, what, what is that, what is that
2: program <laughs> called where they send over students? Well, they. Like the Confucius
0: Institute? No, yeah. no. Yeah. Well, there's that, but there's the, the actual legislation from the CCP that uh, goes out and scouts for American technology. They don't have legislation. Well, that's, that's,
2: that's, that's recruiting have. from here to send over there. Yeah. But they send people.
0: What we're, like, all jokes aside, what we're trying to say is Eric, uh, fucking Ryan fucked Eric Swalwell.
1: That's true. <laughs> yeah, it's all true.
0: All right. Um. So me and Doug didn't really plan anything out. Have a have a plan at all for tonight. So Derek has. Uh, he's pretty much running the show tonight. What do we got, Derek?
1: Well, kids, today we're mm-hmm. going to talk about something really important to me, other than yelling about guns. Um, and that is that is metaphysics. So, um, if you. If you aren't acquainted, metaphysics is everything outside of reality that you can perceive. Um, so, if you're Richard Dawkins, you already tuned out. Um, but that's okay. Um, we didn't. No, nobody reads your books anyway. So, uh. <laughs> oof, Jesus. So, my what we're going to talk a little bit about today is how metaphysics <laughs> has basically informed every aspect of human society since the dawn of people, uh, and. That's basically what we're going to talk about. Now, you two each have interesting metaphysical experiences, which we won't, you know, we. I have some. We won't go too far in uh, and scare everyone. But, well, I, I figure a good place to start is that uh, modernity is completely devoid of any sort of metaphysical basis for either morality, governance, um, even understanding, because that's been supplanted by um, a, new, a new metaphysics, which is the metaphysics of claiming that Science is somehow this all-knowing, all-powerful being that can postmodernism inst- that can instantly tell you anything um, that isn't a not just a system of tests that is done to you know based on evidence to see what's true or not true. It may or may not be constantly evolving, but instead it's something you can quote so that the other person you're yelling at is wrong. Postmodernism.
0: I find it postmodern. There's there's definitely a hypocrisy that exists today with the modern left that I'll speak on uh, briefly, and it's that a lot of them are staunchly atheists, but at the same time we've actually met people and had conversations with these people where they believe in something like astrology or some sort of higher power while indirectly not calling it a higher power, therefore still, you know, calling themselves an atheist in good faith.
1: Yeah. Like someone we know who uh, doesn't believe in God uh, in the judeo christian sense specifically is what they 're referring to um, but they check their astrology sign every day and they say i 'm i 'm such a leo so that 's you know that 's just that 's just fucking ingenious really if you think about it uh, which is, which is
2: kind of funny because um like the bible literally talks about astrology there 's it 's literally in there um i 'm not going to quote Doug on that, but if he 's right. No, it's it's literally then in there. They're double. You can look and look it up. They're double. I actually just had they're this double extra.
1: someone the other day. They're double extra ultra bad at being an atheist. Um, and so that's a it's a very basic situation. Is um, modernity is predicated in the idea that and it, it stems from a Marxist position, which is sorry guys, don't mean to offend you. I kind of do uh, but is that di- you know everything is materialistic in nature, and that essentially means. That essentially means that nothing that isn't perceived physically is valuable to you in making decisions about your life. And that's not true. I'm sorry, but it's not true. Uh, All of human history has been predicated on things that are not entirely observable. And very important decisions have been made by people who are very smart and who are very even scientific. Who believe in forces that we don't fully comprehend? Of course, quantum quantum theory allows all of that too, but it's not something I'm very w- well versed in, so I'm not going to go into all that. I could
0: get into some quantum theory.
1: Well, you feel free to, if that's.
0: I mean, I d- there's no clear segue into oh, it. you right meant now. sexually? It might come up later. You, you, organi- se- you could get into it.
1: You could slide into some quantum theory.
0: I could slide into some double slit experiment.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Damn. Lol.
0: Taylor, if okay. you're going to steal Ryan's seat, you have to put on headphones and you have to engage in conversation.
1: It would be ideal. We'd be happy if you could you could join us. Okay. Um, so essentially, you know, modernity is is a is an interesting place where people talk about grand ideas for the future and where human civilization is going to go and what needs to be done. Um. It has no... There's no feel driving it. Other than that, you wake up and you're alive and then you try to crew a bunch of shit and then die, hopefully slightly, not that uncomfortably. And that's it. And maybe leave it a little bit better than the way you found it. Uh, but most of humanity's never really operated that way. The world's been a very interesting place and there's a lot more going on than one real... than It's not even that one realizes, but that... One observes with their regular senses.
0: Yeah, I think the the modern uh, the modern uh, fucking what is that word? The reason why a lot of people our age are atheists nowadays it's not because they've actually attempted to look inward for something and found nothing. It's more or less more of an angsty revolt against their parents' self instilled Catholic or.
1: Protestant, Protestant Christianity, beliefs. It's almost exclusive. And this phenomenon is actually not... It's not just relegated um, to Judeo-Christianity, because you could claim that, you know... I know it exists heavily in the Muslim world, too. Muslim world. um, (laughs) Secular Judaism is (coughs) the largest form of Judaism these days, which is a bit weird, to be honest. Why go through all the motions and rules culturally if you don't believe there's any metaphysical mandate for it? It makes no sense. Why would that be your moral compass then? But... If you're a secular Jew listening to this podcast, please leave a comment. We promise not to bully you too hard. Um, but, you know, it's, it's interesting. But it, even in, in, like, the Hindu tradition, you know, people... But it's often in the West, would be my claim, is that it's very common in the West and not in areas that are localized. Although I'm sure there's a general trend. As everyone gets more, the newest iPhone... The, actually, the, the more... The latest generation of iPhone that you have, the, the one that's more later... It actually makes you less able to access metaphysical power. It's well known on um, the apple is just It's just one giant plug. Fun fact. <laughs> yeah.
0: Do you think there is a direct correlation? That's a joke, everyone. It's the not. The rise of technology and the falling of faith?
1: Yeah, 100%. Uh, and faith, see, you have to define faith first. So is faith like a dogmat? Is, you know, for people who are listening, is it dogmatic? Is it you listen to a guy in a funny color yell at you about it and tell you that it's Right and say, this is why the mechanics of the universe work this way? Is it like an oral tradition? Is it like, you know, what they'd call a superstition that's passed down? Or is it something that you experience? Like something that's not explainable, you know, paranormal, right? That you can't really extrapolate to other people because you don't have evidence for it, but you're pretty sure it happened. Um, Now, and and that's really interesting, too, is this is just a quick aside, like, as science increased, you know, especially in the post-war mind of World War II... UFO sightings and UFOlogy and aliens and all of that became a really big a really big thing and a lot of times in the modern mind we think of it the inverse we're like okay well the ancient civilization in the past they saw all these strange things that had these weird experiences so they must be you know ancient aliens flying in what if it was the inverse what if you know ancient man who's been studying this shit forever understood that there are things that are non-physical or non-material that interact with our world <coughs> And create strange happenings, create strange shifts in the course of human human reality.
0: At least the way that we observe history, there seems to be a split between the two. There seems to be a, a, di- a, di- a diverse belief in a higher power and how that correlates into the legislation of civilizations that lasted years before us. And there seems to be a split between that and how we perceive, you know, aliens talked to Egyptians or... right.
1: Um, there's a lack of a pantheistic or mystical current in the modern, maybe not even just pantheistic, but there's a lack of a mystical current in modernity. Like even in new age, like even if you go into like some new age lecture about (coughs) finding yourself and, you know, becoming one, one with your chi and, you know, having balance, it's all about a material gain is it's entirely towards the self. Like, why are you trying to, you know, why are you trying to come to, you know, balance within yourself? Not that it's not valuable, but there's no higher, there's essentially no higher purpose. It's just so that, there's a really good example. It's like, there's this uh, programmer that I was watching on YouTube, and he was talking about his uh, yogic routine, his yoga routine that was like very deep and very in-depth about, you know, he had to do some self-criticism and overcome internal pain, and there was like some mystical aspects to what he was doing. Like real yoga. Yeah, real yoga. But then his, what he took with his real yoga was not to then you know, seek enlightenment. It was to be like, oh, yeah, no, my mansion kicks ass and my you know, gigantic paycheck and my job and everything, and I'm just really cool with life now. Everything's great. I, I got over my stress, and, and some, in one way, good <coughs> on him. But most of, maybe speaking specifically to you know, Mesopotamia and Europe and even, I guess, the Western Hemisphere before it was discovered, there's almost this heroic march when it comes to metaphysics, that life is life is part of an engine that is very complicated, very. It's not very clean. I mean, look at Europe, look at traditional European religions, uh, like Satru, like, you know, like Nordic religion. You know, everything exists to basically stir up enough creation and and interesting things until the final battle happens and the universe is destroyed utterly and reborn. That's very interesting.
0: There's a lot of uh, belief back in the day that um, war wasn't actually just fought on uh, economical grounds or to gain resources for the people. It was more or less uh, these vague ideas being represented by the gods through the power of the people to okay. fight other ideologies.
1: And that's very interesting. You know, that's going to war over a concept. You know, we often think of concepts as this. Well, unless you're a postmodernist, but we often think of things as concepts as a static you know, a static thing that never changes, that has no malleability, and it has no influence. It simply exists, uh, now they don't even say it exists in the world of ideas. It just exists. It's there. You can access it. But, you know, if human life is subjective, then perhaps perhaps these principles have more effect on us than we realize. They are more malleable, maybe even intelligent. Um, Now, of course, the big question of all this is, what evidence is there, right? Evidence is the number one thing that's going to get asked about. Is what, Do you have any evidence for any of the things that you're saying? And uh, no. Other than I could claim that, you can always make the claim that X happened, and therefore it must be whatever metaphysical cause I say it is. However, there are some strange things that happen. It's kind of a snake oil salesman uh, coming selling you like an elixir that works only <clears throat> if you believe in it.
0: Like a placebo.
1: Almost, yeah. Yeah. Uh, But if you actually pursue some sort of enlightenment, um, and there's a natural tendency in humans to pursue, they suppress it, I think, more now than ever. But there's a natural tendency to seek what is really strange and unexplainable. great example is, um, you know, I remember when I was younger, the big phenomenon was ghost hunting. It's like this big thing. There's all these TV shows and all this ghost, shit, ghost hunters you and paranormal states. These two roto-rooter guys going around with an EMF detector, trying to like talk to dead people and make shitloads of money off it, which they did. Um, but it's interesting <sighs> is that there's an inclination in haunted stories. People find that really interesting and the unexplainable. They have this tendency towards it, and it's not just that it's mystery. Is I would say that they're wired to look for that. Um, I mean. When, when you have an experience that's not explainable, then you start, in the modern age, you start to have a conundrum because no one will believe you. But in the old times, it's just kind of like the entire... It's not out of the ordinary. Everything is more than it is. It has a meaning that exists outside of its basic physical properties.
0: Right. I hate the stigma that's going around nowadays that you can't be a staunch believer in metaphysics and science simultaneously. When it's proven fact that there are many great thinkers in the past, like Nikola Tesla, or mm-hmm. we're going to get into Avila mm-hmm. here in a little bit. Uh, oh, book They They go hand in hand. In fact, yeah. I think, I'm, I'm going to fucking butcher this quote. It's not going to be verbatim, but Nikola Tesla virtually said if we had spent as much time uh, observing sciences in the universe and looking outwards, then if we spent that same amount of time looking inwards, we would have made a hundred times more of the progress as a human species. It's
1: true. It's true. The, the, the dynamics of the human psyche is not, it's not just a physical thing. It's it's, it exists outside of our physical realm. It has so many ripples and waves that affect generations beyond the, in ways that are beyond our comprehension that defy the just the matter that they are. The matter that exists... Is greater in value than it, what it physically occupies. Right. And that's, that's kind of a weird thing to wrap up. But then when people start to they start to dig at successful people and you know, great thinkers and movements, you know, they start to realize that a lot of really powerful and important people believe some, what they would consider some really wacky shit, but they might be onto something. So, yeah. I know, Douglas, what do you think? What do you think this? I'm,
2: I'm I'm just listening. I, I mean, I completely agree. I mean, I I don't really I don't really see anything outside of you know outside of that that I that I could uh, add on to. It's pretty much pretty much how I would go.
1: Yeah, there's there's essentially you know right in front of us every day. There's a mystical mainstream, which is the the you know which is symbolism. Is how much can how much power a symbol has over the psyche of people. It's not just psychological. It has almost this you know force to it a great example is uh, the poor jainists and hindus who had their uh, uh this is uh, this is something i interesting, I saw on a youtube comment which is really funny but this sent me for a loop that i found really interesting is that there was a uh picture with a swastika in it and someone was saying that it was nazi and then there was a hindu person that was saying well actually the, you know the nazis stole this symbol from us and used it used it to make it a sign of hate and destruction and power and it's really a symbol of eternity and healing and the unity of of you know all things on the earth um, and then I had a bit of a chuckle because that transcendental idea and in this case very traceable idea little did that Indian person I think is that the Nazis picked the swastika for the exact meaning that it is in Hinduism because the, pro- the Aryan peoples, the Indo-aryan peoples, uh, like Slavs, sorry Nazis, Slavs are indo Um, Slavs, you know Germanic peoples, Celtic peoples, you know, all the Iberian peoples, <coughs> the, the joke was actually that is all the same symbol and the Indian symbol and the Nazi symbol were selected for the same reason, but there's an instance of something transmuting people's basic understanding and partially it's ignorance, but you know, it's a it's a wheel with some spokes on it. You yeah. know, internally turning. It has this it has this power that transcends. And the swastikas, of course, exist outside of even the Indo-Aryan culture, and they mean the same thing. It's the engine of the universe, the the fan turning, sucking in new new experiences into our space that is the world. You know, it's.
0: Yeah, I mean, people... you can liken it
2: to the symbol of like the like infinite spiral. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's that's literally what it is, um, and that's kind of how, it's kind of like how it means means the like eternity. Like 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 you said, um, for a lot of cultures is because that's I mean that's what it's representing. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think it's a little it's a little. I think people oftentimes in a weird way, it's almost like they're simultaneously giving symbols too much power, but also not respecting the power that they actually or, or have but like
0: respecting the process
2: they give it the wrong kind of power almost you could claim because like it's like oh well this symbol was used by this hate group so therefore it is a bad symbol when that that hate group yes used it in the wrong might have used it in the wrong reasons but the origins of it and the symbol itself doesn't mean doesn't mean that it means what the original meaning was, right? Um, you can you can use that symbol for whatever you want, whether it be you know
1: whether that be for a hate group or yeah. or or not. And essentially, if you if you place a new meaning on it, it becomes a new symbol. It's not anything else. You can right. You know, it's no longer you. Know, it retains its value to the people who are using it. And well, I mean, like you like
2: you said, even for even for Nazis, it's still meant. A, a, it's still meant, <laughs> meant the same, the same thing, thing to them.
1: <laughs> Nazis didn't pick it because it means violence and evil. We'll put it that way. There's right? <laughs> you,
2: you have, you have, you, and I say you as in modernity. Our, our society has, and and just mainly, not even just our society. Basically, the entire world has has asserted this meaning to that symbol because of of its connection with Nazism. When Outside of Nazism, there's many, 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 many other other
1: cases of this symbol being used for. It's not the only symbol um, that co-opted either. Nope. No, there's there's quite a few. There's weird ones too. Like, wolf's angle is a wolf trap. Figure me that one's the most German shit you can think of. Guys, what are you talking about? What the fuck's a wolf trap? Why is it a symbol you have? Nobody knows, but they do. And then the 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 what, what's that cross called? <coughs> the um, the
2: just like the basic cross the iron cross uh, a hockey? the award I think I think it, that might be what it's called but it's just like it's the one that's like not elongated on any side it's just a basic like uh, I mean yeah.
0: the award they would give the iron cross exemplifies the symbol uh, that you're I'm talking about I'm not entirely sure Doug I'm not familiar with the, the prior symbology but you can it. make
1: Taylor pull it up I mean it's just
2: a, It's guess. like
0: I know what you're talking
2: yeah, about yeah I know what you're talking about it's yeah. just the one that looks like
0: it looks like the iron cross
2: Oh yeah, really simple. Yeah, so it looks like, like a plus that. sign. With yeah, yeah, yeah a plus sign. A pl- yeah, that's
1: around. That's been around forever. Yeah, yeah. Usually, has four dots around it. Yeah, and yeah, and, and a, that that was also a Nazi it's a, symbol. It's a Christian. In fact, which well, it's
2: also really funny because like pre Nazi symbol. Because too. so much in society nowadays wants to like censor the the swastika and to not offend people, they replace it with that Nazi symbol. It's like,
0: I'm I'm not familiar with that.
1: Well, the iron, the iron, without going on a huge change, the iron cross it was is originally the Prussian state. The cross is literally, the iron cross is their allegiance, and this is it does play into Nazis ideals. But the iron cross, originally in the old German state and before, it represents the loyalty of the German, or in that case, Prussian military, to God. It's mm-hmm. literally a cross, yeah. Um, and that's a whole thing, is too, is crosses and Judeo Christianity, and again, you know, the power of symbols, but. <coughs> You know, symbols are... Um, yeah, the, this one. Yeah, yeah. They, it's, they it's replace yeah.
2: it. They like, yeah. It's funny. And it almost it every single every single like video game or movie where like they want to censor the swastika, they just put the iron cross on it. And mm. it's just like that's Nazis also adopted that symbol amongst many others. Yeah, like uh, it wasn't. theirs changing out yeah, the they
1: changing which, which the, symbol. The SS
0: uses doesn't. the rune. Yes,
1: and yeah. runes, and sigil rune means victory, but it certainly doesn't mean you know. I mean it just is what it is, but it doesn't make it a Nazi symbol? No. It's a it is a Nordic symbol. But therein lies the the use. It's a Nordic symbol, so they used it. It's very it's very easy to understand that they're cribbing stuff from the past and using it now. Like modern people. They take the symbology and they use it. That's a completely normal human thing to do. And, you know, that's that's the primordial state of human beings is trying to Explain what is around them and communicate. That's what makes us absolutely amazing is we can communicate in ways that are completely alien, if maybe not as fantastical as some animals, but are completely alien to other animals. We have communicated so well that we've created empires and objects that do stuff for us and entire cosmologies that we talk about that, you know, we can't physically see. That's mind-boggling that we're able to do that at all and that's what the basis of the symbol is, is before even common writing you know even b- even before scratching it onto a rock the idea of an omen right you know the human idea of an omen that something means something else that essentially unlocked human power for us to be able to transmute information from a thing to another thing and identify those yeah. is just absolutely mm-hmm. is absolutely amazing and that's kind of the essence I think of the issue between the past and the present is the modern person misses this sort of primordial state. It kind of...
2: Well, I think it's, it's in, like you were getting at to put it in simple, more simple terms. Um, like, without, without that kind of eagerness to look beyond, um, humans would just be surviving and the only... The only, form of, the only form of... <laughs> the only form of communication amongst one another would be, like, about survival so this 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 look beyond um, in and ways in communicating and <coughs> through symbology amongst one another is what is what allows us to communicate and yeah. what is what what began the communication between humans to make us more deep and more um, more thoughtful than just the bare like natural state of existing.
1: And as a side effect, that's what. Physical physical and of as existing. a side effect, that. That ability to apply ideas is what's created culture. It's what's created, create, you know, created. It's what allows creativity. It's what gives essence, and oomph to life. It's what makes things. It's not necessarily that they're positive because even something that's tragic can be moving. But it creates a movement to human experience that makes it worth living. Whereas if you're if you sterilize everything down to just existing, and you know, we use materialism in a very specific reference here but that everything is purely material and impulse you have nothing and that's why people people who believe that are usually very sad people I mean I know Ricky Gervais likes to pet his dog and talk shit about, you know, people who have believe in anything, but I don't think the man's very happy. We'll just put it that way, because his impending mortality is what is in the back of his mind every time he goes to sleep. Now, I've, or,
2: I've, I've praised or, him for some of the shit that he said against, you know, said about uh I'm just ambushing Pollywood, him because I yeah.
1: like to, but he's perfectly fine. I just like to ambush him on it, but yeah, you know, I don't think he gives, I don't think him and Stephen Fry, and I'm not even arguing for Christianity, I'm just saying that um, he said, how can I believe in God if you know why there's African children having their eyes eaten out by giant flies, but how does he know that that doesn't have some sort of greater extrapolation and meaning in the universe? But which is basically the claim and that also all these just gets them
0: to the folly of who's to say that things beyond our imagining and our understanding as humans have any such thing as morals?
1: Well, they wouldn't. And oh, this, we have to slow down for this because this is a, the most important part, probably, <clears throat> is that we're we're going to make a very clear statement Delve here into morality, which is that. There is one argument, and this isn't necessarily angled at atheism, but it's if you were arguing against. If you're arguing against. um, Basically, people equate morality with power. Is that if they have the ability to do something, they should do it if it benefits my moral stance. So here's. I'm going to use a simple argument, right? People die. Um, Humans think dying is bad. If God exists. Since dying is bad to humans, he would not let it happen, right? This is a simple argument. But let's pr- let's say for a second that there is an all-knowing, all-powerful God that you know assumes power beyond e- human comprehension. If the power is greater than us, it's you know it's a higher or greater power. How would humans know? How would their morality equate to what it knows? What uh, if you're what just, if you're in the dark?
0: I would also argue with the, the same sentiment that. Arguing that death is inherently a bad thing is just a representation of your fear of your own mortality. Mm-hmm. And it's also, it has a lot to say more prominently now with materialism in a more of a plastic existence where right. people, their idea of life is to... You know, get as many sh- as many shiny trinkets in their life as they can. And don't make just waves. Go out with a
1: bang. Don't make waves and don't hurt people, unless they deserve right. it, in your opinion. Obviously. And I feel like yeah.
0: that's that's one of the modern foundations of of liberalism, just in a, in a sense, is because when survival is no longer on the plate, humans have to find something to do, yeah, something but, to live for. But
1: also, it's an, it's neo neoliberalism specifically is is entirely about harm reduction. It's about having an—I mean—and this is very broad stroke, mind you. I'm being very broad with this, but in—it's—it's in, it's harm reduction and having an easy, happy, or—and it's—it wasn't always like this. Being in the most modern stance, just completely devoid of any sort of triggers. I hate saying that term, but like anything that would make you feel uncomfortable, being something uncom- that would make you aware of your own. Yeah, being uncomfortable is important because it allows you to rectify something. It allows you to understand something. Jünger. If it didn't hurt. Yes, On Pain, wonderful book, read it. If it didn't if it did hurt, like, for instance, if you stuck your hand on scalding magnesium that's just burning and going away, you would just grip onto that. I did this as a child, I grabbed a sparkler. Um, and you grab that, and there was no pain that lets you know that you're being destroyed. It would be a very bad thing for you. But pain and being uncomfortable is good. Which, without going on a tangent, is why here on this podcast, we generally like to argue for freedom of speech, because having alternate ideas is good for you. It makes you uncomfortable. It makes you think about things. And the ultimate thing is, if you don't accept any sort of moral orthodoxy, you can read anything, not internalize it and get an emotional response, and be okay. Like reading Julius Avela, who most people, if they read a blurb about him, would be completely turned off. And a lot and of people never. do.
0: I saw this one, uh, this lady who uh, did a review... Of just him as a person, I guess it wasn't even on a particular work of his, mm-hmm. and she had obviously had never read Julius avola and she was basically just calling him a piece of shit because of the things that he' said about women, particularly In even, race. no she picked oh she picked women because she's obviously a third way feminist mm-hmm. and it was very apparent and that's like the whole folly of like neoliberalism nowadays it's you're not allowed to even be exposed to these ideas and to think for yourself you have to automatically be in a in a subjective moral plane yep it's not about and i this is an argument that i make consistently with diehard christians and i believe in christianity but not just that but the point i try to make is why would you not want to expose yourself to to things that you think would be the devil because, if anything, you are strengthening your position and you are strengthening yourself in the eyes of God by resisting the temptation. Well,
1: that's the issue, with, and this is an issue of modern Christianity, is it's not so much about Christianity as it is about feeling good about yourself and being not afraid <coughs> of being dead. Is It has nothing to do with testing your faith or, you know, understanding the... Med- I mean, think about this. There are modern Protestant Christians, and probably Catholics too, and all sorts of other types, that they like to, you know, they sling around the word Satan a lot, right? They say Satan's out to get you or Satan made you do this. But then they don't even have any sort of understanding of like, what is what is a metaphysical being in the first place? How do you, you know, how do you identify that? How do you know? And again, they don't question it. I was having
2: this conversation with uh, somebody the just the other day um, about like, like, like Christianity talking about like witchcraft and whatnot. And it's just like, well, they talk about like witchcraft in the sense of like magic that isn't like the the way it's worded is like basically magic that doesn't have good intentions because you can't say you can't say Christians and ca- uh, Catholics don't don't practice magic they they have rituals baptism uh, com- communion especially even um, with Catholics yeah, Catholics they, are they, very
1: yeah that's a after I got into
0: they, like, they, into ritual magic they literally you know, they I literally s-
2: cleanse their cleanse their churches with incense like mm-hmm. they they're the, the there yeah. is. Magical rituals and like and and you're like oh it's not that's not magic that's not witchcraft it's, just it's tradition like, well it's just tradition well no they like but it is if it's you, magic if you it's it ritual. is it is yeah. magic it's ritual because magic. Yeah. It, if you think okay so like take us just sit down for one second and just think about it if you believe in that and you think that by walking around the church and burning incense that that is a good thing you were giving it a higher power therefore it is magic by believing in it yep.
1: it is magic it's yeah, it's not an assault on christians they just have been tricked into thinking that metaf- they've been they equate metaphysical experience with so called in america so called witchcraft and if they don't if they don't put it cuz you'll see them do it often like the holy spirit came into me or i prayed and this happened um, which all that I'm not attacking. If you don't
2: if you don't call that magic, I don't know what the fuck. I'm not attacking <laughs> like, <laughs> that specific, you know,
1: I'm not attacking framing it in that way. But what I am saying is that they don't they don't seem to understand that a metaphysical experience is a metaphysical experience. It just is what it is. Yeah. Um and the and not having that is is you know <laughs> it can be it can be kind of disheartening to be shoehorned into a, a particular way of thinking. And that's basically what it is. is nobody's willing to test Metaphysics—they—they they assume that it must not exist. Therefore, there's no reason to waste any effort on it. And Christi- and that's—that's that's the point I was going to make—is that Do modern you think ap- the
2: snake worshippers really don't believe that it's magic. Like what? <laughs> what are they <laughs> called? Uh,
1: I don't even know. Um, American—a um, problem with American Christianity in particular. This relates to the modern political situation. Is—is is they like to hold up their faith and say that, "Oh, look, I love Jesus. I'm saved, and I'm not going to die and go to hell forever." Um, they love to hold it up and then use that as a political tool too and say, Look, we love Jesus too. Now it's okay if we bomb thousands of Haitians. This never happened well maybe it happened, but you know, it's okay if we you know it's okay if we do this because, you know, but trust us, we also believe in God. That makes no sense. That absolutely it's like and that's the same thing that they do when they castigate Muslims, they say, Oh, well, <coughs> Muslims are bad because, you know, some of them do bad things and therefore You know, they must all be bad. And it's the same and of course they get angry and reasonably so when people say, Well, Christianity in general is just this evil, terrible thing, and it's killed millions of people and it's awful and it ruins people's lives. It's like, Well, you're all you're fucking dumb. That's not true. None of neither of those stances are true. People are individuals, they do things. But this is the primary issue, is that even the faith systems in our country are not metaphysically active for the most part. Some of them all. Some like individuals in them them are. But broadly as a group, religion...
2: It's, it's very weird talking to, like, some devout Christians who, like, they, they believe, they, or they think they believe in a higher power, yet they, like, they refute any bit of metaphysical or paranormal
0: act. Because it's not accustomed to yeah, by the perception of metaphysics. Medieval
1: Christians, completely not confused at all by any of that. Like just completely not like confused. Medieval European oh, Christians sure. and in Mesopotamia, like the world's a wacky place. There's shit going on in the background. It's not hard. That's why why are there so many magicians and alchemists? And they understood the world is a bit, it's a bit weirder than. And that's what I find interesting is they've, it's almost a control tool so They've distilled everything down into this you know thing where, you know like I'm sp- this is me. Tar- I am being mean to you if you're listening. Um, this is sorry YouTube. Uh, non-denominational Protestants, like this kind of new modern wave where it's accept everybody and feel good, it's like, why even have your faith system? Literally, what's the point? You just go and you chant, you sing some songs, you sing some shitty rock songs, and then you go home and feel good about yourself and don't think about mortality. It's like, you have no greater metaphysical, there is no greater metaphysical operation going on. And that's the basis for all metaphysics that are produced by humans, is you're trying to achieve something. You're trying to either gain the favor of something higher than you, you're trying to effect a change through non-physical means, you're trying to imbue tradition in your offspring, you're trying to change something. Also, literally praying is a metaphysical act. Yeah. It's also a ritual.
2: Yeah, it's a ritual. It's a metaphysical, like, I don't...
1: Also, which is funny, for all you Christians, or maybe if you're teetering, well, I may or may not be one myself, um, if you're teetering on the verge of why do when I pray nothing happens... Um, praying actually suffers from the same issue as ritual magic is that if your intent isn't strong enough and it's not actually pure and you don't really believe in it you won't get any sort of change in that direction so uh, there's a tip for you try a little harder to be serious about it and maybe you'll get something out of it Uh, but that's, that's you know, people, this modern state misses this kind of primordial essence where things mean something they're just, they're just debased and debased and debased until there's nothing left. Ernst Sherrill talks about this in his work, his primary work, which is that when you've distilled everything down to nothing, you know, where you, you basically try to refute everything that exists simply to, you know, identify it in your hands, there's no, there's no, there's no mechanism to have any, any change. There's no fuel to make you want to do things. And that's, that's, like, look at all these people locked up as we're recording this, you know, with COVID. People have to be at home with themselves, some people. They have to actually sit and fucking exist with themselves. And they don't like it because they're like, I don't know what to eat. I don't know what game to play. I don't know what to think about. I don't know if I want to call my family. I don't know if I want to do anything other than jack off to anime porn uh, and, you know, do, do absolutely nothing. And it's very sad. Is that think about how many people have been fed the idea that life is all about getting shit. Getting a good fuck, making a lot of money, and hopefully dying in your sleep. It's like our our ancestors, <laughs> literally, our ancestors understood. And this is a broad stroke, but it's ve- most of them understood. Even if they were around poking and prodding and doing a bunch of back and alien shit, they understood that life is this thing to be celebrated and experienced to the fullest. And Abel is a great example of that. As the traditional human, he says traditional man, but. You know, women factor into that as well. As human beings, they... This is maybe the rose-colored glasses coming on, but they had this raw understanding that because of their mortality and because there's so many things outside of their control and those things are sentient, which is the even harder thing for people to accept, that there is, you know, there is a force outside of our control that drives everything. You could call it probability or the universe or whatever you want to call it or God... The gods, or Doug's beard, it could be any of those things. It it is my beard, by the way. It could be any of those things, but it it drives people forward. And it's a fuel. And this kind of modernist, materialist society I mean, Ava puts this very succinctly is that the modern man, person, if you will, is they're devoid of any sort of, they have no higher purpose.
0: And that's what—that's one of the things that I think a lot of people who don't actually, they claim to read Nietzsche and they don't actually, is when he self-proclaimed the death of God, mm-hmm. he wasn't excited about it. He wasn't the one who killed God. He's saying it's the lack of faith in modernity that is giving us the sense of nihilism yeah. that we have nothing to live for because we're not progressively making good on our own goals and we're not setting metaphysical standards. Right, and
1: under, under his praxis, you know, that's why Zarathustra exists. Zarathustra is the Superman, the Ubermensch, who surpasses the, the nihilistic reality that there is no reason, and he forms and crafts and creates, through careful introspection, a new reality in which he has total... He's ambulatory in every direction, which in of itself is an, alch- it's an alchemy of the self. He manufactures yeah. a spiritual
0: state. That's a, that's a recurring motif that happens throughout many cultures in, uh, in religious perspectives especially with like buddha like Mm -hmm. self-isolation just sitting there and thinking and just existing for years is enough to for you to reach a state of nirvana yeah
1: and the genesis of the universe think about this is a thought experiment if you're nothing if there is nothing there's a nothingness and it's completely static it's a total all-encompassing nihilism of there is nothing your only option is to create something I mean that's the ex ex world. might be the very the entire purpose world. of the yeah.
0: of the perspective of there being nothing. Yeah, it's just
1: yeah, there's this exogenesis of the entire world where something has, you have to make it mean something and then we're just kind of I mean this is me being all spirit science-y, I guess, but we're the byproduct god if you will is is it was in a nihilistic state of, you know, convulsion of pain and then everything afterwards is at least infinitely better than having nothing at all. I mean, it's
0: yeah, and th- that's one thing that there's always this this fluctuation that I this pattern that occurs that I've noticed, and I'm sure that we we've, we've all talked about before, especially with the works of uh, Ernst Jünger mm-hmm. and on pain and um, Storm of Steel, mm-hmm. is it seems like going back to the liberalism topic when we have so much that we we aren't really offered the opportunity to feel pain and feel alone and actually reflect on ourselves, then we tend to create a new meaning that is more superficial than the ones that were predetermined by tradition. Um, With that being said, uh, if you look at a timeline, there was a huge surgence of um, metaphysics and metaphysics study pertaining to humans in the ancient world. And then once we civilized and civilization started happening, it started dying out. And then things like world war one happened and uh, people realize their mortality and they, they have self-reflecting questions. They are forced to actually, for the first time in their lives, look at an accurate picture of themselves and be very displeased with the person that they've been exemplifying for the past 50 years. Absolutely. And that's why after World War I, there was it a anything. resurgence of metaphysical study what? with people like oh. even Albert Hoffman mm-hmm. and Julius Evola and mm-hmm. even the Nazis.
1: All of those, I believe, Hoffman, Evola, Jünger... And there's, of course, uh, there's other, you know, on the left and in the center, all of those people, they went through the war firsthand. Those men and some women, too. Some women thinkers of the time, they went to... Well, Ayn Rand, even if, you know, I'm not a huge fan of her, some of you are, um, Ayn Rand was a child during the Russian Revolution and had to escape, you know, the violence of that. And it, the, the proximity to mortality changes everything about your life.
0: And it, I feel like in modern times, people, especially with social in justice... The West, in the
1: West, they're... They—they're they, well, they, not close they're, to they're,
0: death. they're actively trying to avoid any state of pain or might, any yeah. any state of self isolation. It's all about communal living or socialism, and that's because ultimately, what I believe is a lot of these people are afraid to be alone because they are not okay with
1: the people that they exemplify. Exactly, and also, even if they did experience those things, a lot of these folks don't have—they don't have the—they're not given the mechanism to be able to express and explore themselves a the proper way. I mean, this is something that's very, is, you know, it's very painful. It's like, look at look at inner-city Chicago. Think about all these people in the South like, gunning each other down over dumb bullshit, you know, trying to make money, trying to survive. And then when they're done surviving, when they're tra- just trying to, you know, satisfy their pride or, or you know, satisfy their you know, their group identity, but they're not given anything more than that. It just, it's just an existence. And then the politicians on either side just tell them, well, you guys sure are good at killing yourselves. We, we don't want to help you, though. We aren't going to give you any means. Even if we're not going to expend any material ones, we're not going to give you any metaphysical or mental or philosophical means to extract, extract yourself from that. You know, it's just it's a, it's a terrible cycle to have to watch, you know, what's basically a materialist country try to come up with solutions to problems and all they can do is just scream and feel bad and they don't realize that they're they could unite so easily. This is a big... I guess it's not so easily, but they could be a little bit more um, personable with each other and more accommodating if they just realize that there, there, there's a destiny beyond what's right in front of us. And that's actually kind of the, the, the issue, you know, thing with our country real quick is that all walks of life, whether they wanted to be here or not, whether they were forced to be here or they're not, you know, they were not. The children born to this country had a shared identity to some degree. They had this kind of destiny, American dream, if you will, of of not just a physical prosperity, but a metaphysical one, that in gaining that by working hard, they will gain some sort of zen, zen state. They didn't know it as that, but they believed it as such. And, you know, of course, there's many factors why that went away. But, you know, it's interesting. is that, And it's almost, this is maybe an ass but even the natives of this land had some, a lot of their religions had a similar stage. If they work diligently, and they respect where they're at, and they respect what, what, you know, what they're given, and turn it into something better than they have, they'll reach some sort of zin or, or, you know, equilibrium state within the earth that they live. You know, it's something we almost adopted from them, despite killing a shitload of them. And them killing a shitload of us, might I add. Um, you know, we adopted that. You know, but that in that exchange, the violent exchange. That's a, this is a complete segue. But violent exchange is not negative. It's physically sucks and it's morally repugnant. But the you know sometimes you've got to. <laughs> I got to be really careful how I word this. But in the past, it seems like societies have found you know found that they have to kill the other side before they can understand them, and vice versa. Is it so? You know, a lot of people who were enemies once are friends now. And, it, you know, it's it's rocky, but sometimes it has to be that way.
0: So, good segue. Where do you think this ties into critiques such as the Brave New World, Huxley's critique on hedonism? So, I
1: actually haven't... I haven't read Huxley. So but you know what hedonism to, is. I know what hedonism is.
0: So, it, it ties into the idea that we've been talking about, like, Jünger and what we've
2: been... Sure,
1: which is the total... So, hedonism is basically imbibing in any impulse to the maximum degree that you can in order to gain it's not even necessarily just (laughs) (laughs) self-satisfaction escape escapism it's it could be escapism it could be self-satisfaction or it could be that one generally believes that's how you how you achieve your fullest self is indulge all your impulses Uh, but it's aimless you have no you it essentially is it's just a feedback loop you're not doing anything yeah there's no underlying purpose to it yeah, purpose is the thing that drives all great accomplishments. You have to
2: have some sort of drive. They they, they claim that there is by saying, "Well, it satisfies me," and it's like, "Well, okay, it satisfies you." If it satisfied you, you the then moment. you would have done it
1: once, and then you'd be exactly. done,
2: and you've achieved it. So, but they don't by so? continuing by like by continuing to 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 pursue this hedonistic lifestyle. You were you were admitting that. The day When the day comes that you can no longer do these things to satisfy yourself is the day that you basically die morally, like, yeah. die, like, spiritually. Yes,
1: because there's no higher purpose. Imagine instead that you, with your own two hands, you create civilization or reinforce it. You give—and this is an, an interesting thing that me, you know, we've talked about that even I've wiffle-waffled on is that culture is such an interesting thing. Culture is this kind of spiritual embodiment, that you what you give into culture and art— it matters, because it's, a, it's not just an epitaph that you are here, but it affects people, and it stirs them, and it gives them purpose, and it gives them creative energy. But if you just, you know, I don't, th- I mean, it could be claimed as such, I guess, but I don't think, you know, if you have sex with a billion people, you know, you might claim that it's art, and perhaps maybe it is, but you're not really, enjo- just doing it because you want to isn't, that isn't very inspiring to anyone, Doing it because you believe that it has some sort of higher purpose, like I don't know, you're going to save the earth or something. I don't know, <laughs> but and maybe you are because you're repopulating it. There's no more men, but you know, if there's there's no uh or there's no more no more women if you're a woman do that. But if there's no if there's no higher purpose, and this this is regardless if there's a creator or there's higher power, if there's just no purpose in general, then you have to make it, which is Nietzsche's argument. There's nothing. You have nothing, and you might as well put a bullet in your head or drop the toaster in or eat a bunch of bleach. I don't know. Like, there's, you know, just there's no... And this is something that I find it's interesting. People say that everything's hopeless and there's... I'm just going to eke away at life. It's like, well, you're a coward. You're, you're a coward. Why are you... Find something greater.
0: Yeah, it... That's, a, that's the biggest critique I have with a lot of people our age nowadays. It's not just about them being leftists or liberals. Because I agree with some of those sentiments. If they could accurately depict them if they had actually read... The knowledge, the knowledge that is left-wing theory, it's there. It's on the internet. You can access it easy. I feel like a lot of these sentiments have been co-opted in a way to where it becomes more of a, more of a moral slavery than it is anyone trying to actually progress at anything that is tangible. Like uh, metaphysics has been co-opted, and mm. people. You know, they read their sun sign or whatever, and it's just oh, this is true. How mysterious! And they go on with their day, and they don't really, <laughs> yeah. you know, extrapolate on it. Or people who, I don't know. A lot of people our age are self-indulging in pleasure, and they're trying to actively avoid a state of pain. And I'm not, I'm not trying, I'm not one to say that weakness, you don't right? deserve a life of happiness, but. If if I, personally, if I look back in my life, and I'm sure everyone here will agree, I've had some really good fucking days, but compared to the really bad ones, they're almost immemorable, and compared to the ones that changed me as a person, it's not the good ones, it is the bad ones. Yep. Yep,
1: but it's valuable. That doesn't mean that it's not valuable, you know, and that's, that's the, that's trying to destroy your weakness. It's becoming stronger. As, a, as an amalgam, it will be good. Your good, your happiness, your sadness, the relationships you make, the relationships you burn, all of them, they combine into a good life. And, you know, right now we have a lot of, and you know, this is a big thing to say to people, but we're, we have a lot of weak people on this earth, period. You know, it's exactly, Avila brings it up, and it's exactly what the Hindus brought up. is It's the Kali Yuga. It's the age of destruction. It's the, as, as the Yuga is the age when moral, the total spiritual moral inversion has happened. Everything that was right is now wrong, and everything that is now, that was wrong is now right. The gods have left, and the righteous have to fight their way out, or die trying. It's a very interesting allegory. Um, there is, with the mechanization of the world, and, uh, and I'm not making a claim of, on anyone, I'm not, you know, it's not trying to be prudish or anything like that, it's not the actions themselves. It's allowing the actions to control your 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 psyche. It's chasing after things that don't matter, that destroy you and make you feel bad. You, you know, well, seeking I, pleasure is useless
2: so if it has no th- higher that, purpose. That brings up what I was thinking about earlier about the irony behind the same people who are so adamantly against metaphysical, you know, religions or whatever, are the same people who claim to be socialist and anti-materialist. Well. If you were to rid yourself of materialism, yet you're, you lack any sort of spiritualism, what do you have? And that's you have prob- that
0: probably is a huge statement on well, you, you the mental have, state of a lot of people our age now. Well, you would have
1: communism, ideally, right? And I'm not—this isn't, this isn't like, a, oh, gotcha, just ideally you would have communism. You would have a state where there is no more, there's no, there's no more material want. There's a place for everyone in society— and there's no external negative factors that aren't natural. Although, ostensibly, maybe if you have luxury gay space communism, you've con- conquered those too. Uh, but, you know, you know co- it would be communism. That's the, the end, end of it. At least in a Marxist sense. That's how I... A lot, it's been a long time since I've read all my Marx. But that, that would be what I'd understand. Is that you, you, know, you don't need metaphysics because, one, it didn't matter in the first place because we have dialectical materialism. And, two... You know everything's right. now. However, what's the problem with that? Well, it doesn't you work don't, that way. You don't
2: have any purpose at that point.
1: You don't. You don't.
2: Like you, you, you might as well come purpose, out of the womb and your, your instantly your kill yourself. Your yeah. purpose is to is to wake up out of your out of your cell, walk to the food line, get fed, go to work. Well, a good and friend, go home. a good friend of ours said, That's
1: it. a good friend of ours and, a, and another friend said this too. This is to not totally discount their position. The idea is that you'll be able to artistically and culturally explore yourself as a being. ...freely because there's no other ones, but what I think they might miss is that... ...it sounds almost silly, but at that stage... ...if it was really at that stage, not the prior stages where all that is possible... ...but if it was actually at that stage, there would be nothing interesting. Because yeah, conflict because there's is no, what creates... Yeah, there's no, there's yeah. no,
2: there's no conflict left. It's a, it, it's a utopia. It doesn't have
1: to be national conflict or violence. It's just there's no conflict. There's nothing. You eat, you shit, you fuck... You, you die you literally are relegated i guess this is gonna maybe upset some people you're relegated to the state of an animal you have no yeah there, you you lack any any you lack any like
2: anything beyond the 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 natural impulses of your of your body and therefore you 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 you, 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 devolved animosity. Yeah, you, yeah. you will you will literally like you're over time if in in a in a state of perpetually going through that people will just slowly honestly get more and more dumb because there's no there's no reason to push for more yep. at that point there's just not yep because you you've already reached the point where you have everything given to you you can you can go fuck you can go eat you can sleep in a in a, in a house on a bed there's nothing there's nothing left. There's no there's no oh well I you know I'd have I'd have so much time and and, and freedom I mean, Things to, would probably to get do created do art, art, but like, like you know but what 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 art what 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 art would have meaning? What what are you what are you what what is the art that well, you're trying what, to What know? art's allowed too? That's another big First one. <laughs> off, yeah, what art is allowed? And second off, like what the art that you do create, what what meaning would it have because there's nothing there's nothing left to there's, to feel. Yeah. It's it's uh
0: There's nothing to question or to to feel differently about. It's just everyone is the same. Which is what makes art unique. And yeah. what makes the word unique unique.
2: Yeah.
1: And it's just I mean it's it's essentially you know, what do you One and a half. Okay. I mean what do you you know, essentially that's kind of the main issue is, you know. We we're we're also trained to have nothing, you know. It's been bre- almost bred out of us. You know what? We have no no sense of being greater. We're just some cog. I mean, Jünger talks a lot about this being mechanized down to a nothing, you know. Being you know just a sterile, you know, fleshy cog that turns in the you know mechanics of society. But it's interesting, is especially you know like the Bohemian you know libertines and liberals of the twenties. You know, of course, even the right were getting real real weird, getting, hitting the cocaine a little too much there. Um, but you know, there's, the beauty of all of that was so much expression, free and total expression, you know, and, and, and believing that there's reason for it, that they have to channel all this pain that they've suffered and turn it into something that's valuable. And, you know, right now, I mean, how do you turn your uh, tinder match into something that's metaphysically or spiritually valuable? I guess you could. Don't discount it, everyone. But I guess, you know, it's like we just do these base mechanical acts that have what, what's the essence of them, you know? What's the essence? And Avila talks about something else. We love to bring him up because he's, he's our topic of study right now. But he brings up something very interesting, too, which is the idea of involution instead of evolution on a, on a philosophical sense, which is that what if we're not a higher form evolved philosophically, mind you, but we're a lower form derived from something higher than us. You know, it's a very basic idea. But and then if if it's not the case, why are humans so obsessed with it? Since we've been since we've had pictograms, we you know they mean you know we aren't just scribbling buffalo on the side of the caves. <coughs> you know we're they're drawing some really weird shit. Yeah. You know it's and and beyond that the oral traditions, the knowledges about what plant will heal you and what plant won't heal you. The idea of, or you know, if you're taking the Joe Rogan, ask you know when they're busy tripping their balls off instead of just being a bro. Who would win a silverback gorilla? I mean, who would who, who would be who, would, <laughs> you know, who would win? Have you ever tried DMT? Who would win? Some high school kid who knows nothing about what he's yeah, about yeah, to put. Yeah, yeah, but in have me.
2: you tried DMT? <laughs>
1: I hate you. <laughs> who would win? Some high school kid who has no idea about anything who takes DMT. He's like, wow, I got spike shot into my chest. No offense to my friend. I meant nothing by that. Uh, but wow, I got spikes shot into my chest. Or, you know, the shaman who like, you know, how do you, how did they how do they not just be the weird kid who's like, Oh shit, that was wild bro, now oh let's do it like, again. Fundamentally, they sifted through it and found something valuable.
2: Well I think that's I think it brings usable. up what we what we've been talking about is the the difference, the reason why they're not deemed the weird kid is because everyone was more connected back then.
1: Mm-hmm. And and believed in that. The signs matter. And by the way <laughs> The signs matter right now in your life, so do be paying attention. Oh, they're deciding... Uh, what is happening?
0: Yeah. Taylor, go give me an L-8 before I decapitate you on live television.
1: See, an L-8 is actually the mana potion that all Kentuckians run on. Even the ones that say they hate it, they My actually Winchester just reject it. Creek
2: water. Creek water. Well, let's back it up a little bit. Yeah, what, sure. what was
0: it that you said? Um, you said you, you felt like this tied back into some sort of underlying subject that we were talking about.
2: Oh, t- when I was talking about how like it's I- it's like ironic about like liberals wanting to get rid of materialism, yet no, 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 no. The
1: right, and I would argue the right is equally guilty. Oh for no, it. for sure. But what,
2: what do you?
0: I can't remember quite. But are, they, are you
2: talking like just a second ago? Yeah. Um.
1: What, what were you? What were you saying? What I don't remember what I was going to say. I C- C- don't remember. I'm sorry. I've lost. Her. If we could rewind this and go back, we would nah. know, like all of you. But full,
0: full anal Nelson forward. But
1: if it's okay, I figured we move on to number the number two weird thing, which is, guys, how can you break your life with magic, um, so that life's not so boring anymore, um, and guys, let's all let's have a conversation about that. How can they? How can they destroy the illusion that their, mort- their mortal life is all that they have and everything is for nothing, and. You should just go ahead and give up now. Instead, you should make a Ouija board out of a little Caesar's pizza box and fuck your life up. But at least it'll be, at least having another entity come Some into your life and ruin you. Attacked. At least having another entity come <laughs> into your life and ruin you will at least be better than the fear of dying and thinking there's nothing after that. So, um, well, kids, the first place to start is find a weird bookstore. Or. Uh, go into a forest late at night, drunk as shit, and uh, call for things to come to you. Um, there's just whole whole methodologies, but if you're just if you just have this nagging feeling in your gut that things might actually be a little more interesting than you think they are, and you 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 want it to be you want it to be real, you'll make it real. And don't let the people tell you who say that it's only your psychology and it's all in your mind. I promise, when you start feeling touches from things that you don't know are there. Um, and they start talking to you, and you start knowing shit you should never know and having weird deja vu flashbacks all the time, it's not schizophrenia, actually. You're, you're fine. So it just... I don't know. Go well, find that They,
0: they could be tied. They could be tied together. <laughs> very very loosely, mind you. But I feel like s- schizophrenia, along with a lot of mental disorders, uh, they they have the same experiences. There's a very good quote that I really like, and it is the... Uh, the the psychotic is drowning in the same waters that the mystic is swimming through. Oh, that's,
1: that makes sense, though. Yeah, And it's, it's,
0: if you have no context and you, everyone tells you that metaphysics is a lie, that you have some profound experience, it can scar you for the rest of your life. Oh, and you absolutely. can get in this mental cycle to where you just never recover because you don't know how to understand
1: it. Or you get burned to the stake because you're in North Carolina <laughs> at the wrong time, I think.
0: I, I don't think they ever burn people oh, the no, stake. Oh, it's Massachusetts. They've piled rocks on them. Giles Corey and
1: shit. Oh, I don't remember who's where Salem's at. If you live in Salem, I'm sorry. I don't know where the fuck you're at.
0: Yeah, they just stack oh. rocks on your chest until you're asphyxiated. Oh, that's... that's bait. Which is arguably worse than being burned alive. Yeah, that would suck. That but, would um... Suck. But Giles Corey was like, give me more. Because <laughs> yeah. he's a G. Yeah. Um... But yeah, that's something that I have fundamentally believed in, especially with uh, things like the psychedelic experience. I can get other quotes that I like, like Manor James Keenan, which I think we've referenced in epi- an episode before this one. But he basically says that drugs are good in the sense that they show you that there are open doors for you to explore. And then it's the, it, you have the experience once, and then you spend the rest of your life trying to reach that same outcome through sobriety and through the exploration of your own unconscious mind.
1: Yeah, I would agree to that to a degree. I mean, I'll say this. I mean, psychedelics were cool and all. Um, not that I've never taken them. I don't know what you're talking about. But psychedelics were cool and all, um, but, you know, when I was when I was much younger, and I... Was when you were very much very younger. Much younger. Not quite <laughs> much yet. Um, but, you know, I was in a much darker place, than I... I don't I, think I I've ever been more younger than I am now. You <laughs> are certainly more younger than you've ever been. Um, but... You know, there was a place where it was very dark, and I I may have ingested another me, not this real me. Another <laughs> me may have ingested uh, a a a synthetic amphetamine that my late friend uh, fed me when I was a young lad. And I had a terrible, 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 awful, destructive trip that was super dark, and you know, made me feel like I didn't want to exist anymore. And it it awoke what it really did is awakened me to some pain that I had that everything. I was so afraid that nothing meant anything, because I'd had a separation from uh, non-denominational Christianity, mainly because everybody told me that it was bad, if I'm actually being completely frank, because I saw a bunch of wild shit when I was a toddler, and uh,
0: so like it, last year.
1: <laughs> yeah, like last year. And uh, you, know, you know, everyone was telling you, "Well, that's just dumb, and there's no reason you know and Christianity is bad and their morals are bad. It turns out Americans are just bad at doing most things. See, what's um, crazy for me days. is,
2: like, yeah. my stray from, like, spirituality uh, came, like, really, really early. And, mm-hmm. but very, very, very quickly, I was slapped right back the fuck yeah. in it. So, like, a lot of people like to be like, oh, yeah, you know, liken it to the Christian, Christian God and call it what you want. Um, I view it as just more of a spiritual thing. But, like, um, I happen to be on a, on a spiritual uh, or just a spiritual trip, a, a mission trip for my church. As a as a kid, it was kind of like a a mission slash summer, you know, camp kind of thing. Crusade. Um, <laughs> yeah, we crusaded St. Louis. Um,
0: <laughs> I wish.
2: And I was I was working at a volunteering at a um, at like a daycare, and there was this there was basically like just everything around it. Um, long story short. Like it basically just hit me all of a sudden, like how fucking, how fucking real it all is, and that there is something like beyond because, like, there there was just this there was just this kid who they literally called him Grandpa because for some reason he had some sort of like skin condition or something that gave him like wrinkles, but he was Benjamin also blood. like, do it, Benjamin Bud, something like that. I don't think he was like like super ill or anything but like he just he just he looked old but he was really short but he was also like really 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 wise mm-hmm. for how old he was i think he was like eight at the time you're extremely based and now he's definitely like like i hate to use the term but he's definitely woke as fuck like mm-hmm. he he saw into the truth and but it, it, and it was so weird and put put it into perspective for me because like i was supposed to be there to like like set the example of God to like try to get these kids to, you know, to that are, that are struggling, that are in these really bad communities to maybe like look for, look for peace in, in God through Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I was supposed to be there for. But really it was this kid that, that brought it to me and indirectly in a way it, was, it, was, it wasn't that he, it wasn't that he was talking to me about God. He was just talking to me, like just saying some very, very like wise, wise stuff about life because, um, I mean, he'd been through a lot. I mean, their, their communities, they have they have many, many light... Like, obviously, you know, if you live in a suburban area or downtown or whatever, you know there's a shitload of light poles. Well, every single light pole in that neighborhood is covered in teddy bears. Like, I'm talking three, four foot wide. And each teddy bear represents a child lost due to gunfights. Mm-hmm. And it's just like... So they they've they've grown up around this stuff, and they've seen it. And just, like, having him, like, talk to me about shit and just, like, it just... I don't know. It blew my mind, so, and from from there on, I just basically just had like a, a, a hunger, a, a hunger, a hunger for more. And it, um, and it, and call it what you want, call it, call it, call it what you want. But like, I legitimately, I felt, I felt after speaking to him one of the nights, I went back to my room and I felt a higher being call it whatever you want, God, Allah, El, universe, whatever. Um, or uh, Kanye West. Or Kanye West. Now we have the same birthday, so. um, It, like, something, something, something came to me, and, and, and the, you can't explain it. There's no, there's no evidence for it. But it's like, once you open yourself up to something like that and, and it happens, you no longer need, you no longer feel the need to even prove it.
1: And you you no longer need you feel a peace right you feel right. you feel a peace that it's not it's always kind of in the background like you f- know you're gonna struggle you know you're gonna feel shitty you're gonna feel good you're gonna feel but there's just this little this little nagging problem at the back of your head is like ah oh shit I'm alive and this shit is happening it gets kind of massaged away like you don't have it it's like right. oh there is or- there's some honestly, sort of order
2: I think honestly that's also probably why I've been turned to Junger so hard because like I felt that motherfucker's pain. You know what I mean? Like like all those kids there, like like we would go to the daycare and they'd be happy playing, running around, you know, mm-hmm. laughing, screaming. Um but like walk away from the daycare and they're they're in a, a war zone.
1: Yeah. That, like it always they live they live that. And Storm of Steel it always gets me and Junger's talking about the young private who could barely handle his rifle, barely carry shit around. They're in the middle of a battle, not like a few, like a month later. And this kid's got 2 two MG08 b- big giant belt-fed machine gun boxes he's carrying through these fucking craters. He's just fucking zooming around, <coughs> just doing shit. And it's not that him, not he did die later. It's not him dying that made Jünger cry. It's the fact that he was a boy who barely knew what the fuck he was doing. Get thrown through a crucible and all of a sudden he's been fortunate thing that's totally and utterly different than what he was before. It's such a but there's, s- there's such also a something solution. powerful about that. There is. There's a
0: powerful transformation that comes with an exposure to pain. That's, that's what, that's what the he point understood. That, um, that, ex- that he makes routinely. I'm mm-hmm. yeah. also a huge fan of his critiques on anarchism and the difference between an anarchist and an
1: anarch. Oh yes, yeah. that's a whole which is yeah. phenomenal. That's which so is going to be which so is going to be a whole other episode. That's a whole so episode. That'll have to be a two-hour one because er- oh my god, Ernst
0: Junger is one of the greatest minds ever of all
1: time. Yeah. Of all time, I love Junger. Mm-hmm. Love Junger. At least in the modern age, he's like a he's almost like a modern Plato in a way that we can't even. anybody but
2: he, like uh, like people that know about him know about him, but like other people may know about him, but like don't
1: really. They don't know. They
2: don't know. He's, like they don't yeah. know the, he, he the brilliance, He defies any genius classification
1: of anything. And he hung out with Albert Hoffman. Mm-hmm. So if you like acid, he, he, hung out, he hung out and took acid with the guy. World War I veteran, World War II veteran, hung out with the guy who made acid, traveled around the world. He was an into, entomologist. I don't think he fought in World War II. He was in Paris during World War II. Yeah. He, was, he was in a staff position. And this is a wild part of his life you may not have known about. He hung out with a whole bunch of famous authors and poets and just basically drank wine all day and tried to get them out when the uh, execution started happening. So, and his son was killed in a penal battalion because he agitated too much for his dad. There's a lot of wild stuff going on. Jünger World War II. And Ernst Jünger, in a weird twist of fate, Jünger, and this is a surprise move nobody, nobody expected, when he died I believe in 1998, he, uh, he converted to Catholicism uh, six years before he died, and he died a Catholic which for a man who is so intelligent and so absolutely just blessed with one of the most brilliant minds that I've read that's an interesting turn yeah not in it's a negative interesting way. at the least at very least what does that mean, least, to, it's what did that mean to him that's yeah. what I don't still haven't quite deciphered I probably never will
0: have you seen the movie silence with Liam neeson and Andrew uh, Garfield? i haven't
1: and, i know the book and i've seen i actually watched an, I uh, a, a description of that book and i and, and the movie and that is amazing and that author was a Japanese Catholic actually which is a very interesting is a very interesting guy I don't remember his name but we'll have to put it in the description maybe or something but uh, yeah silence is wonderful
0: phenomenal phenomenal we should watch that sometime for Ph- phenomenal perspective of just religion you as a whole sh- you
1: should do a movie review on that
0: I would do silence that would be pretty yeah, cool yeah so far we've only done St. Fire and Shit like that as memes, but we could get into some actual things that move us as people.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it would I think it would be good. I I as much as I love Fight Club, I don't want to do it because everyone's fucking done it. Um. Oh uh,
1: yeah. Also, oh, uh, who's the author of Fight Club? I forget his name. I'm sorry. Chad Chuck
2: Palinuk.
1: No. Palinuk. Pal Pal. Pal-, yeah. Pal- yeah. Hey, bud. Who wrote that? Fight me one v one. Paladin. <laughs> Their gears are trash. Fight me. <laughs> no, your book's good though. I, I take it back. They're they're looking at me funny. Please. <laughs> 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 Those are fighting words. Them's fighting words. No, no the book. We book's, don't talk about the, it.
2: The, the movie's good. Don't get me wrong. It's still one of my one of my favorite movies, just because it is what it is. But um, the book is is way better. Um, the ending in the book is
1: more so fucking phenomenal. Oh yeah. Also, every kid, if if you're young, if you're younger than, if you're younger than, if, 18, you're, younger than, if younger. you're younger than eighteen and you're listening to this podcast for some reason, go go, go to sleep, do your homework, or whatever. Um, but you should read Rage by Richard Bachman, who's totally not Stephen King in disguise. You should go read that book, <laughs> and it will that's, change everything about Coons. you. What?
0: Like Dean Koontz. Like oh, yeah. Growing up, my mom always read Stephen King and Dean Koontz. Yeah. And it just seemed like there was a lot of mysterious no, Richard, singularities. Richard
1: Bachman is literally Stephen King. Uh, so he, he wrote it. He wanted to write crazy, crazy outlandish stuff that was even more weird than regular stuff. Um, even weirder than the universe being yeah, on the back yeah, of a mystic turtle and yeah, a bunch Rage, of kids Rage, having an orgy. Yes. Rage is a banned book. It's actually banned by the U.S. public library system. Um, so you should definitely read it that means you should definitely you should it. definitely if read something
0: it. is banned by the government that means you should definitely expose it you should probably go read it yeah. Yeah. especially if it is really high in radiology. it's like it's <laughs> like is
2: is Mineconf even even banned no so if if mein Kampf not. isn't banned because, obviously, people want to research it. It's a school it. reference. They used right. That, yeah. But that's banned. You know what I mean? Like there's. I'm pretty <laughs> sure
0: Catcher in the Rye was banned for a little bit, too. It was after banned. By, by schools, yeah. Yeah, yeah after uh, John Lennon was assassinated. Because the the guy who killed him claimed to have... Oh, real quick. Got great a example.
1: Great example, though, of people who, who don't... And this we may have to save it as an extension for another chapter, but John Lennon imagine no possessions... Imagine all well, I sit in my mansion that's painted all white shits. with my fucking billion-dollar grand piano, and
0: that's why the guy yeah, killed but, him.
1: Oh, because John Lennon was an, an asshole. He as a phony. Well, he was.
0: Yeah, and that—that's—that's a—that's <laughs> a, a routine talking point that I bring up with a lot of people. Is I, uh, John Lennon is idolized in historic record as some sort of like social god, which may kind of an may, may be prevalent, but also <laughs> like if you look at. How he practiced, what he preached, it didn't really correlate at all.
1: Then him and Yoko were kind of dicks.
0: Yoko's still a dick.
1: Yeah, whoever king. Don't step on my cherries.
0: Eventually I will get my You give me a bowl of pits. <laughs> it's gonna rain.
1: <laughs> uh, folks, we'll say we'll, we'll definitely be doing maybe, maybe I don't mean a self inserter, maybe a series. On metaphysics, this is us getting getting our ideas down. But we got to teach you kids how to summon shit into your life and break it forever. So we'll save that for another episode.
0: Yeah, I think the way that I at least view metaphysics, or how I practice ritual magic, is it's about having an understanding of reality and the way that you subjectively experience it, and it the physics of it, and the way that you're taught physics and what is physically possible. And then ex- experimenting with the things that can't be explained and how they correlate with what transcends into material reality, and then kind of twisting knobs until it it makes does things happen. in your favor. It
1: makes something happen that would yeah. have not coincidentally happened in your favor. And I've done it. Oh, well, we've all we've all done it. We've done it together. You yeah. don't have to believe yeah. us, but we we know we've done it. So don't you worry about it. Um, but if you're interested, a great place to start is uh, is pick up if you're If you're really poor, go to your used bookstore and find some Wicca book they're all right Alistair I guess. Crowley Alistair Crowley's a chud, but you should read him anyway because he's pretty important um Can I use that word on youtube chud yeah, is that legal I don't fucking know I don't know if that's an insult Here's the um
0: here's the guy that uh was in the United States military intelligence community who founded the temple of Set
1: oh. Oh god! You shouldn't read that guy. He's weird. But you should read him <laughs> just weird. because he's so with weird. With the weird eyebrows. Aki- Aquino. Yeah. His last uh, name's Aquino. I- he's a colonel, I thought.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: He's just yeah. He's Temple of Set. Michael A. Aquino. Yeah. Something like he hated. That. Uh, he he had fallen out with uh, Anton Lavey. Also, for Anton Lavey, bro. If you're not alive anymore, but if your spirit can hear me, bro, what a waste of your talent. You really, <laughs> you really had to just do atheism with extra steps, and then the ironic thing about doing atheism with extra steps is then he got a bunch of people like Boyd Rice into actual occultism. And so that was, and like, a, you know, the, the, that was a big side effect. He's like, bro, this is all just a big critique on religion. And then everyone's like, yeah, but we can do magic now, right? He's like, uh... And then they did. And then say so you have all the new Satanist movements. So, what Thank do you, you know? Richard Dawkins was ant in disguise all along. Um, <laughs> it's like oh, yeah, stuff. uh... Yes, everyone, your first magic book, which is going to seem real weird, and it's a little dated, so try to... It's not quite a magic book as it is a magical philosophy book, but you should totally pick up, um, or since you basically can't buy it, you should find a copy online of Ernst Schertel's Magic History Theory and Practice. It, it's it's mainly the first two, but you should still read it. And then another fantastic book is uh, is Avril's book on Hermeticism, whose exact title escapes me right now, but you should... Totally read that too, um, or just go into your local Barnes and Noble and buy the weirdest, floweriest, like, uh, you know, like, magic for her book. I don't know. Do don't, some candle I magic. Know about that. I don't know. It's a joke. I I, I don't mean that. Please. There's a that.
0: whole lot of co-opted yeah, neo spiritualist SP things is a, that are a complete facade.
1: When you meet the person at the party and they say, hey, watch your sun sign, you know they're not quite a cold enough, very, uh, I promise. It's so. very
0: reductionist.
1: It is very reductionist, and it's actually just so a publisher can make money while you think you did something. So, you know.
0: And it's mostly just how you can understand yourself in a physical realm more than like a spiritual actually, journey. Actually, what's not
1: even mentioned trying to Trader McGastin Pretty, it's so you can get your ex-boyfriend back. That's what all those <laughs> books are about.
0: It's, it's so that your Tumblr posts will get reblogged yep. more and the ones that aren't 15 year old you showing your boobs yeah.
1: Look, the important thing is if you do start do if st- weird cool magical stuff happens to you in your life tell your close friends um, if you don't have any friends go on fortran and post about it on x <laughs> so you can get yelled at but, <laughs> tell your, but tell your close friends that it happened don't tell everyone you meet though um, just don't do that don't tell everyone it's you meet uh, here's my sun sign uh, I can read your tarot. Um, I see your aura. Even if you see it, maybe wait till the third <laughs> Even date. Even if you actually see if it. If you see it, wait till the third date. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, just maybe take, just just chill out just a little bit. Savor it.
0: Derek's giving himself advice right now. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm
2: not. No, he's not giving himself advice because he wouldn't follow it.
1: Wow.
0: <laughs> God damn.
1: I am attacked. but also aroused. (laughs) Half chubbin' over here. Anyway, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. We appreciate you listening to this. The important thing is, they're lying to you. Everything means way more than it does. And uh, go break your reality. Do
0: something fucking cool.
2: (laughs) Yeah, make life interesting.
0: This is the Polemia Podcast, signing off waiting for Taylor to get to it. Right Bye now. Goodbye.